What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. Feeling a little bit better today? You can find me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. You can follow me at the Dan Urban. You can follow the podcast at Couchside Judges, and you can subscribe wherever you listen. And if you like the show, please give us a five-star review. And as always, we talk judging in MMA, so you should learn the criteria, which you can find at abcboxing.com. Dan, I've already told a lie. We haven't been on the air very long. My mean? name is not Scott Fontana. No, the real lie is that I'm really not doing all that great because even though I'm kind of getting over that cold that was messing me up uh, for our last show, now my back is just a total wreck. Like like you suggested, maybe I need to be put in a twister to feel better or as I suggested, maybe I wasn't paying attention and someone put me in a twister. Yeah. Scott's back is broken. It's spinal. I'm uh like Mike Tyson. I'm I'm just a bit of a wreck. <laughs> I, yeah. You think it's camping. You're going to blame camping. I can't rule that out, but it could just be a series of unfortunate events that stemmed from my kid bringing home a bug from school and me not sleeping well. Maybe you coughed too hard and your back went out. You are getting older. No, no. But I'll tell you what. I had to sneeze earlier today <laughs> and I was deathly afraid of sneezing. So I stopped it. I just force of will didn't allow myself to sneeze i'm oh. like no 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 i'm not going sammy sosa style i'm not going on the il just for a sneeze i'm gonna oh. push this thing down and move on with my day as best as i can didn't daniel cormier throw his back out before Derek lewis sneezing did he i, I, I actually think don't it, yeah, i don't remember that i mean i i believe it i know his back was messed up going into the fight but he was already a replacement he said i, I you know we got to save the show so i'm gonna fight anyway but that morning, he sneezed and threw his back out. I'm like 99% sure. All right. I'll, I'll take your word on it uh, with with the caveat of being we have no idea if we should take your word on it. We should. We should take your oh. word on it. All right. Yeah. But one thing uh, we don't need anyone's word on now. Well, actually, you know, we're still taking people at their word on this, a bunch of people. Uh, I am always of the belief with certain fights that you will believe it when you see these men in the cage. But we do have what seems to be a final official announcement of a five-round non-main event fight in September between Robbie Lawler and some guy from Stockton, California. Nick Diaz. Nick Diaz. Finally who is now done the with the other suspension. Diaz. Can you believe it in 2021 that he's the other Diaz? Well, we don't know that for sure. He's His suspension's finally up, so he's back. His suspension was up years ago. They shortened it. Well, no, no. He wanted to honor it, so he that's why he doesn't fall. I mean, if if you want to play it that way, fine, whatever. He served the five-year suspension, and then he gave another year because, I mean, he was busy. He was. He was. Oh, he's always busy. But we now have, in so much as we'll allow, based on the caveats, we have the rematch. Everyone's been asking for, for what, 17 years? I mean, I haven't been asking for the rematch, and I wasn't all that excited when you mentioned the, the prospect of this. But now that it's uh, going to happen, I'm pretty excited for it. No, I mean, I get it. I mean, it's a fight that probably should have happened realistically. A long time ago. Now we're getting it. It's kind of late, but I am of the belief that it's better late than ever. Better late than never on this one, because ostensibly they're probably going to get paid pretty decently, maybe even a little better than they used to. Well, I don't think Nick would come back for pennies, so. No, no, I don't think so either. So, so yeah, I, I guess it's uh they're going to get paid pretty good. I think Diaz is going to win it, but it's it's too close for a pick. And I, to be honest, my pick's not going to change. You know that, so. I know, I know. You're a big Robbie guy. Robbie by what? <laughs> first, first 10 seconds KO? No, not a shot. Nick Diaz <laughs> wins it. It's like Nick Diaz may have not had an official fight in six years, but I am 
almost certain he's been in fights since his last fight. Whether it be on the street, whether it be in the gym, the man's had his, his share of fights. So All I hope is that he has subscribed to the uh, Heath Ledger Joker ideal of, if you're good at something, never do it for free. He's not going to do it for free. But he's well, a fighter, so... Well, what you're saying is he probably did it a lot for free. Oh, yeah, well, uh, yeah, I, I, I think I misunderstood what you said. Um, <laughs> I think I thought you were saying a professional bat. No, the, the Diaz brothers grew up fighting. It's in their blood that they just fight. It, it, it's what they do. I know. I so know. It's, it's like going for a bike ride. It's like, hey, let's, let's go fight that guy. So we're going to fight him. So whatever. That's in September. We got some time building up to that. I just wanted to mention that because I actually am pretty excited now that it's actually... I guess official. I saw Dana it White. Fe- it feels more official for you. I get it. So uh, I mean, it's okay. Get excited. I mean, you're really not going to have. Look, you're having trouble finding your next favorite guys. I get that, but you still have some of your favorite guys willing to fight. Well, yeah, they're not theoretically too far over the hill. No, you know, he's not forty. Robbie almost is. Robbie almost is. Well, Nick's Nick's almost forty too. He's not that far off. He's not that far. Yeah. Well, I think, well, I'm I think saying it's like thirty-eight by the time he's that still fight. on the young enough side. He doesn't have as many miles on him the last few years. He's got miles. He's got enough miles. He's got miles, but, but who knows what this six-month layoff could have done. Maybe it, maybe it healed him. He's well rejuvenated. We shall see. Well, why, don't, why don't we get into past judgment? And and actually, it's funny because there is a Nate, uh, excuse me, a Nick Diaz connection, and uh, and I'll reference that in just a moment to our past judgment, which is not a Nick Diaz fight. It's a Misha Tate fight because Misha Tate is making her return after about five years away, too. Everybody's coming back after years away. Misha Tate's making that big return. Mm-hmm. And uh, and this one is going way back against uh, Sarah McMahon. Yeah. Also still fighting. Still fighting. I thought this was a pretty good fight. But before we get into that one, why don't you go over the scoring that we use for past judgment. The CSJ criteria is basically the same as the ABC criteria, which, as we mentioned earlier, is available at abcboxing.com. Like certified judges, we score rounds based on the 3Ds, damage, dominance, and duration. We just made a few key changes. 10-9 round is a competitive round in which neither fighter checks one of the three Ds by a large margin. A 10-8 can be considered for just one D, but should definitely be given when two Ds are achieved. A 10-7 is available for checking off two Ds, but must be given for all three. We've discarded tiebreakers for effective aggression and area control, as these are rarely used by judges anyway. The rare 10-10 would only be given in largely uneventful rounds. All this helps provide more varied scores that should more accurately reflect what happened in a fight. All right, Scott, set up Tate McMahon. All right, so this was UFC 283. It was the featured prelim of an event. 283? Excuse me, 183, sir. My mistake. It's okay. But it was the featured prelim on Fox Sports 1 of a pay-per-view headlined by Nick Diaz against Anderson Silva. Last time we saw Nick. Yep. I watched this fight, I think, in a movie theater. With me. With you? Okay. Yep. I yeah. Oh, wow. All right. So it wasn't was, a movie uh, theater. That was you and me. It was a movie theater. Yes, it was. All right. Did I get popcorn? I don't remember. I don't think about that. Oh. I think I got popcorn. But we were at the movie theater. They were at MGM Grand Garden Arena in Las Vegas, January 31st, 2015. Misha Tate was 28 years old, still relatively young. I mean, she's she hasn't been around a while, and she's younger than us. Yeah. 15 and 5 coming in. Former Strike Force champion had before, you know, before Ronda Rousey beat her and kind of ascended to the throne, which she sat on for a little while. Misha had won two straight coming into this one after her loss to Ronda Rousey, a little more than a year before. Her two wins in 2014 came by decision over Liz Carmouche in April and Rain Nakai in September. Sarah McMahon was 34 at the time, 8-1. and one. The lone loss was to Ronda Rousey. The previous February, she beat 
Lauren Murphy by split decision six months later to get back on track coming into this one. Judges here, Lester Griffin, Dave Hagen, who's still judging in Nevada, and Glenn Trowbridge, and the referee, Mark Goddard. So, damn, three-round fight here. Started off. What's going on in round one? They have a couple exchanges on the feet, but it's pretty clear that McMahon's landing better. And then she rocks her with a right and then drops her with a follow-up right. And then on the ground, she follows her there. And nothing that great got through from that point on. But she did have some decent ground and pounding. But nothing really super strong came through. But on Yeah, no, it was a lot of, not control necessarily, but it was, you know, effective grappling that didn't really lead to a ton of actual effective striking, right? Yeah, she. I mean, she tried, but I mean, Tate was Tate was pretty good on the defensive end. But you don't get points for defense, and she really didn't have much offense. I thought this was a solid, you know, ten eight in our system. I think so too. Um, I think just because there really wasn't. I mean, this there was that kind of the flash knockdown, but I don't know how close to actually being out she was. Although you know, later on, she kind of talks about how much that messed her up, right? Yeah, I actually thought she was. I thought she was hurt pretty decently. Um, but not to the point where she was gonna, that the fight would be stopped or anything like that. That's more but, or less what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, I didn't think it was kind of a fight-ending situation. Like I, I do think if McMahon was able to get anything clean, she probably could have put her away in that you know first few thirty second you know after she went down. Not the most pinpoint but, of strikers though. Yeah. So it, it didn't happen. It, towards the end, Tate throws up that uh, inverted triangle, but you know it's not around the neck. It's nothing really close. It's just it was not very close. Off, it was so. it was an attempt at an attempt. Pretty much, yeah. I don't think you scored that very heavily. No. So, yeah, I think 10-8 McMahon. Yeah, I would agree. 10-8 McMahon. Um, definitely only a 10-9 in the ABC system, which is how all three judges had it. That's how I feel anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, you wouldn't go 10-8 in uh, ABC criteria. But that's a good, you know, this is obviously a good round for making the case for having that middle ground, right? I think so, yeah. Because, I mean, it was one fighter really winning or, or doing mm-hmm. offense. So Of course, of course. And round two, though, I thought this was extremely close there. I don't know about you, but I, I actually had a little bit of difficulty picking out. Why don't you go through what happened? Well, I knew what the judges scored it um, before I watched it. Because sure. that's how we kind of pick out and see, you know, how, what are these scorecards all over the place or what's going on? Shh, you're spoiling the recipe. <laughs> Sorry. But <laughs> I was like, man, this is all McMahon. And I'm like, what's going to... So I'm, I'm watching the fight. I'm scoring it. But I'm, I'm also thinking... Who went for Tate? Well, Tate must do something here because she's she's getting beat pretty good here. And uh, and then she does. And then she actually does do some. She rocks her on the feet, which forces McMahon to shoot. And on the shot, she, that wrestler instinct. She grabs up a guillotine, and I thought it was a tight guillotine. She rolls her over, uh, trying to work to the mount. And even though it's only one handed at one point because she loses the grip, her lat is choking the other side of her. So it, it, it's still she's not out of danger just because she lost the grip. Yeah. So I thought very solid thing, but Tate, uh, McMahon's offense before all that was piling up, and I, I ended up going ten nine Tate because because of the end. I, I, swung I didn't it do. Front. I was so torn because I, I had the same thought as you. I'm like, this is this is a McMahon round. She's looking really good. Like I mean, she's kind of. I didn't know that if it was necessarily a ten eight, but it was. If you kind of kept going, I could see why I would get there. But obviously, there was that demarcation point, and everything changed when McMahon started. Uh, excuse me, when. Uh, and there was that demarcation point where Misha Tate changed the narrative of the pretty much the entire fight because she was not looking particularly great up until this point when she does have that sequence on the feed that leads to the uh, the the takedown attempt and into the uh, the guillotine chip. Yeah, definitely the demarcation point as you point. This is the turning point for Tate, and after this, it's pretty much 
you know, Tate. It's Tate's fight at this point. Sure, but but, but uh, I mean, this is just a ten nine for Tate. And honestly, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. if you told me you still wanted to give this one to Sarah McMahon, fine by me. I get it. I really do. I get it too. But I'm saying in the before this sequence happened, I was I was getting nervous. I was like, are we gonna have to bash a judge? No, no, no. I get but, you. I get you. So, but yeah. This, no, I think I think this is a way. totally it's, fair split yeah, round. I agree. You can make a good argument either way, and it's not just like as ah, close either one. Right. Yeah. You get you got the solid argument either way. I like when I think it's an interesting thing. You have two rounds. You can have two rounds that are very close rounds, but they're for two extreme different reasons. There's a you know those rounds that are like a strike separates it, and then there's the ones where it's like, well, this person did a lot of this, and then this person did a lot of this. Right. Yeah. And both of them can be very, very close, difficult rounds to, I think, parse through for a judge. A judge would have to tell me so. But, you know, I I watch that. And at least when I see rounds like that, I find it very hard to get even remotely critical of a judge because you can make an argument one way or the other. I mean, that's that's all you need to be able to do. Yeah. As you mentioned, it's a split round. Which which judge uh, had it which way? Okay, so Lester Griffin and Dave Hagen, they saw this one for Tate, like you and I, so that tied it for uh, 19 all, which okay. means that it does hinge on round three. Uh, Glenn Trowbridge was the dissenting judge who saw this for Sarah McMahon. Has her up 28-18. Again, totally fine score. That's fine. Yeah, I got it 19-18. Do you have, you have the same as me? Yeah. Yes, I do. We're we're at the same point. 19-18 for And I would McMahon. have it 19 all right now. Right, yep. All right, heading into the final round, round three, we see... Uh, Pretty much all Tate here. She lands. Yeah, it really just about is, right? Yeah, she lands some strikes. McMahon tries to throw her, uh, but Tate outworks her and gets on top. And then from there. And, and this is all in like the first 15 seconds. Right, yeah. This this is very start of the round. And from there, she's landed some good solid ground and pound. Those elbows were pretty, pretty nasty when she had her yes. uh, arms trapped. But she only got a couple there. I I didn't push to the 10 7. I, I thought it was a very strong round for her. I just thought I, I wanted to see a little bit more from her. I don't think she checked all three D's to enough extent for me. See, I disagreed. I I went 10-7 here. I think what we have is an extremely lopsided round where just about nothing happened for Sarah McMahon. So first off, there's dominance there. I see that. We have duration because she's down here for 4 minutes, 45 seconds, either landing or looking for submissions. And we have her landing. And we have her uh, applying a pretty decent guillotine attempt here too, right? She, I, I didn't, I don't remember guilty in this round. Is that what it did? What was she was she was fishing for something here? No, oh no, that was round. Two. Excuse me, I'm I'm getting my, myself. Uh, I'm backing up too much. No, um, I I thought that this was a pretty solid round for just on the whole. I, I thought it was a very strong round for. I just want I wanted it taken to the next degree. That's fair. I I think this is a. It's probably a more of a two D's when you really get down to it. Mm-hmm. But in our system, you can go for the for ten sure. seven here. And I thought yeah. just because of the. The severe lack of anything from Zara. Oh McMahon. yeah, she was she was done. It it makes it very easy for me to say this is a ten seven round. Like this is because a... she didn't do anything not to earn or to earn anything less than a ten seven, you know, oh. or anything better than that. Yeah, I, I I can understand. I wish we had the fight pass where you can go into the the fighters' corners and listen to them while the fight's happening. Yeah, they got rid of all that stuff. Ugh. Because it's I would got to be in a vault somewhere. I just want to see how frustrating that corner must have been. After telling her it's one one, you need this round, man corner. and then you get nothing from your fighter. I don't think she was capable of getting up from her back. I just don't. She was not that involved in mixed martial arts at that point. I don't know that she is now. I have no idea. I'm just saying. I want. I want. I, she probably wasn't. But I'm saying I want to see the corner's reaction. So you just you just want to see them watch the train wreck. Yes. Okay. So like, oh God, what's going on? That's fair. 
I mean, 10-7, 10-8 in our system, it doesn't really make that much of a difference because either way you slice it, we have Misha Tate winning in our scoring system. I have it as a 28-26. You have it as a 28-27. The difference just being 10-8, 10-7 in this round. Um, The actual judges, and this is in 2015. This is before the clarified criteria where, you know, maybe not necessarily that we they weren't allowed to give 10-8s, but it was just a little bit uh, less maybe defined. We did have two judges give 10-8, and it was uh, Lester Griffin and Glenn Trowbridge. Dave Hagen, he stood firm at the 10-9. That's good. I think this is a 10-8. I think it would have been a 10-8. Modern too. scoring. Yeah, I, I, I think I go 10-8 in both systems. No, it's understandable. But, you know, again, we are talking about Amisha Tate win either way. So yeah, I she, think she, the judges got it right, ultimately. Right fighter won. Right fighter won. Good on her end, and now we see her again this weekend at uh, at UFC Vegas 31. Yes, she's back after five years. She was working with one FC uh, in like she a, was an executive. In, yes, okay. And I I actually had the chance to uh, profile her uh, a couple months back, just as she was announcing that she was coming back to uh, to fighting to the UFC. Um, very interesting journey she went on. I, I I you know this is a little bit of vanity, but I really hope that people go out and find the uh, New York Post feature that I wrote about Misha back in, I want to say it was March or April. Uh, she, you know, she she kind of went on a lot of, like a very much a spiritual journey to, you know, get rid of all the bad influences in her life. And she doesn't like to even use his name, but that pretty much uh, is known to be, and, and it really is uh, Brian Carraway, who was her longtime boyfriend, uh, coach, you know, all that stuff. I think and, it's, uh, he was so jealous that she was the better fighter. Yes, that's that's the sense that I've that I had gotten and, you know, from things that she had kind of spoken about and alluded to both to me and to uh, I, I read a good or I saw a good interview that she did with um, Ariel Hawani. She's been talking about this here and there. Yeah, it does seem like he was very jealous and pretty much just wanted to mooch off of her fame. Yep, that, that sounds about right. It's what it looked like. Yeah, but uh, it's nice to see her I and mean, she seems much more excited about this now. She's, it seems like she wasn't really enjoying pretty much the entire fighting biz for several years, including when she was champion. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's probably nice to just train just to train for fun and not really with having, you know, a set game plan in mind, a set opponent in mind. You're just training to train because you love to do it. I'm sure. That was probably, probably refreshing. I'm sure that's a part of it, but it really does seem to be, she, she feels much better about her personal life with, uh, with her partner, uh, her two children. She seems like she's in a good place. So it's, well, it's yeah, nice in, to see that. I mean, I, and I it's meant... nice to see a fighter come back being in a nice place rather than feeling desperate or something like that. I mean, look, maybe there's something we don't know. I'm going to take her out of word because it really does seem like she's done pretty well. She she was an executive at once. Not like she was out of work. So I think yeah, she just got I, the edge. I, I, yeah, I would have to agree. Five years off, you know, whatever injury she had, she most likely doesn't have anymore. Any no. of those nagging things. So she's fighting Marion Renew, right? Renew? Marion Renew. Marion Renault. And and this is actually Renault's retirement fight. It's her final okay, that makes sense. I was like, man, she's got she's on a four fight losing streak. She hasn't really She's in her forties too. She's she's much older than Misha Tate. I mean, she's only won three rounds in her last four fights. All went to decision, and one of those rounds was a split round. So She's put up competitive fights of... though, is the thing. I don't think she's necessarily looked good enough to definitively win any of these, but she's she's not someone who is just getting stomped typically. I don't know. It kind of feels but like she's older and it's time. It just is, you know, and of... I think she's decided it's time. So, you know, it, it's it's an interesting return fight for Misha. It's interesting. Well, that that dynamic makes it interesting because, you know, as Renault want to go out, you know, she's going to put up extra effort just because it's her final time. But I kind of felt before I knew that I kind of felt it was, you know, 
Misha, if you can't win this one, uh, you probably shouldn't come back. I think she'll be just fine. Honestly, so. I don't think I don't think that division is all that deep, and I think she's still too skilled and really not that old, and and or even really weathered. Right, I, from I the think, sport. I think she's going to win an impressive decision. I think so too. I think. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think Renault is probably pretty hard to finish. So she's never been decision, finished. I would would say as much more in the cards. Yeah, Renault Renault's never been finished. Yeah, so I certainly could finish that or could change that at the uh, in this last fight here, but I wouldn't bet on it. Yeah, Tate decision sounds good. Bam, and then in the main event, the actual main event. Yes, Islam Makachev versus Tiago Moises. That's right. One fifty five. This is a big one at one fifty five. More for uh, for Makachev than for Moises, who. I think this would be more of a now he now you got to start paying attention to him as, you know, mer- very much, a, you know, threatening top 10 kind of guy. But Islam Akhchev wins this one and you start to really think about how close is he to the title shot? It might be very close. Yeah, I think even I, in a very busy and stacked division right now. Supposedly he can't get fights. That's what he said to me. I spoke so, to him the other day and he says that everyone's ducking him. He knows they're they're ducking him. You know, does he know that? Know that? Has he been told that? No, but it certainly seems that way to him. It looks that way from the outside, too. You know, he was supposed to fight Rafael Dos Andres last year two times. They were booked once. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dos Andres, I, I think, got a staff infection, right? And then he had to pull out. So they moved it. I, and I, then okay. Was it staff? It, I believe it was. It was some sort of infection. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was staff. but It wasn't COVID. Um, and then the other fight was when they rescheduled it. I think it was about a month later. Makhjev had to pull out. It, it was either an infection or COVID or, or one of those things. So that's when Paul Felder stepped in to fight Dos Andres. Yeah. But yeah. So Paul Felder stepped into that one. And um, now it seems like uh, Dos Andres is kind of just sitting around for big fights. At least that's what um, Makachev had told me. All right. That I mean, that's fair for Dos Andres. He's been around a while. He can... I get it. But, you know, where does that leave? Uh, not that he needs to think about Makachev, but Makachev needs a good fight. And if he wins here, you know, he's he will in his first uh, UFC headliner. Gotta he go... could potentially look impressive. He feels the need to, to impress and get a submission or you know knock it really just he can't go five rounds he doesn't want he doesn't think he can go five rounds he has to Im- impress yeah that's his feeling is that he needs a finish you okay. know I, I mean i got him winning decision maybe a late stoppage that's how i feel it's gonna go down i'm going to actually pick him by i'm gonna say late tko all right i mean moises is pretty solid he's got some good wins he is but this is a five so round we'll fight and i i, I favor Mark just guessing. I just oh, on he the whole looks mean, like he's probably more built for that. Looked like Drew Dober was drowning. Looked like he was yeah. gonna die in there against. Nah, it was only round you know? two. Yeah. So, but I I believe in uh, this is a guy who grew up with Khabib. He was a couple years younger than Khabib, and more or less that's he calls him his big brother. He's the next Khabib, pretty much. That's what everybody says. Comms out lost it. He was having trouble even because I asked him. As I asked him, like, what makes you two different? He was kind of struggling to really say how different they really are i mean there are differences but more or less he kind of understands like yeah we're, we're very similar fighters yeah so you you're thinking makachev tko I'm, I'm thinking i'm leaning decision five rounds domination uh, i think he gets to stop it i'm gonna say round four we'll say round four tko well, okay i said late stoppage maybe but my yeah, no it's gonna be decision look if he goes out there and he flattens him which he could he he knocked out uh glazen t-bow an older glazen t-bow a couple years back he subbed drew dober it's not like he can't finish yeah, I mean, he has been finished, too. He's been knocked out once. So. The one time. Yeah, it's his only loss. It was early as a UFC career. I imagine he's a more evolved fighter now. Yeah. I'll Just because a guy has been knocked out one time, it's not like, see, you can get knocked out. Everyone but, can get knocked but out. But it's, of course, anybody can, but it's saying it has happened, so it's not out of the realm of possibility. 
like Khabib did never lost. You say not. I get you. I mean, there's that air of invulnerability that Khabib kind of had because you never saw him really lose, depending on how you feel about the Glaze and T-Bow fight that he had. Right. Pretty much. So. But we already talked about that one last year. I feel like we got to do it again because now we know more about the criteria. Oh, we can. I mean, it was such a bad fight. It's not a good fight. I'm not saying we need to do it like soon, but you know, one day. Um, Other fights? Well, what about the judges here? I should probably mention the judges over in Vegas are probably going to be your typical Vegas judges, right? You know, the the Sal D'Amato's, Eric Lones, Derek Cleary's, Chris Lee's of the world, probably these guys. Uh, I don't believe we typically see Ron McCarthy in consecutive weeks, so I wouldn't expect him after having seen him last week. I wouldn't think so. So... Uh, but yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe a Rick Winter will fly in. The dentist. I like Rick Winter. What about, uh, fights to watch other than the top two that we mentioned? Oh, I mean, it's probably the easiest pick for me. Adolfo Vieira, Dustin Stoltz was. Yeah. Yeah. That's an easy middleweight choice for you. Yeah. I mean, the last fight, Adolfo gassed so bad and took a beating. Oh my God. He uh, but I think. He somehow lost the first round that he was winning like, like, like huge. He was cruising to a 10-8 and, and I think he ended up losing 10-8. I think he did. That was such a um, wild round. That that was crazy. I don't. I hope he fixed his gas tank, but I also am expecting a quick arm triangle win in this one. I expect zero fix of gas tank, uh, in between. But I mean, a quick submission finish. I'm gonna say armbar makes sense. I'll say round one armbar. All right. And what fight you? I don't mean for? to rate off Stolzfus. I'm not. I'm not necessarily saying that. But uh, well, you know, what? Just... his resume. He seems like a grappler, and I mean, he's not a better grappler than Adolfo Vieira. So, sure, but Adolfo Vera also yeah. got submitted last time, so I don't necessarily. But he got he if got, he's able to survive, all bets are off. He, he gassed and then took a got rocked. That's pretty much. And I could and see that happening dead. again, sir. I'm so, just telling you. Oh no, I don't see that. But I am again. I'm I'm going the same way as you. I'm saying round one yeah. submission Vieira, but I I wouldn't rule it out. Vieira. So who's your fight? Almost always win. I see Daniel Rodriguez on a card. I'm looking forward to him because he's just always punching. He's always throwing and, and just about always landing, too. Really fun fighter to watch. Uh, I think he's got one uh, loss on his record, I believe, in the UFC, and, and I'm pretty sure it was a, a close one. Could have mm. gone either way. I'm trying to think off the top of my head, actually. I didn't get the chance to look because my back has been a mess today. Yes, he has just the one loss to Nicholas Dalby. I don't distinctly remember the fight, but I could have swore it was a kind of a closer decision. Maybe it could have gone either way. Maybe I'm just misremembering it, but either way... Uh, we have someone who's durable, someone who is always throwing, and for me is always fun. So I've got him, uh, his fight against Preston Parsons, and it would have been against Abu Bakar Nurmagomedov, but uh, Nurmagomedov had to pull out due to an injury, and this was the injury replacement that we got. Preston Parsons, one seventy, and I'm favoring. Uh, I'm I'm going to actually pick TKO from Daniel Rodriguez. I'll say round two. All right. This is Par- this is Parsons UFC debut. So I mean it's always tough to pick someone on debut, but I looked at his resume. I'd never seen him fight. He's got a lot of subs on it. I'm going rear naked choke win for Preston what round? Parsons. Uh round two. Okay. All right, so we're both going round two, uh different guys, different methods. Yes. Okay. And then this isn't a UFC alone weekend as far as the kind of the major promotions. We do have a Bellator event going on. Bellator two sixty two, headlined by Juliana Velasquez. The Flyweight champion coming off of her surprising, to, at least to some, but thorough victory over Alima Lay McFarland, who'd been the champion at 125 pounds for a little while. Had people very excited about, you know, fantasy matchmaking. How might she do if she was over in the UFC? Obviously, Velasquez came in and, and took the belt pretty handily. And I've had my eye on Velasquez since she was, I think I want to say like 2-0. and 
she could just I think it was for whatever reason, the fact that she was two and oh and was already on people's radar and her last name was Velasquez, it reminded me of a different Velasquez who was two and oh and already on the UFC's radar. Jimmy Velasquez. Jimmy No, I'm just kidding. Kane Velasquez, of course, the heavyweight champion, the future heavyweight champion. Hey, you know, so, you know who has something in common with Kane Velasquez? What's that? You. Yeah. Your back hurts. That's right. My back hurts. Thank you. Yes. It's a really cruel way to compare <laughs> me to the uh, former UFC heavyweight champion. You can probably. But I'll take it. I think I'll you take can it. beat him. I think you can beat Kane. If 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 Kane and I have, have something in common, I'll take it. <laughs> but yeah. So Velasquez, she's making her first title against uh, defense against Denise Kielholtz. I honestly don't know too much about Kielholtz, so I'm just going to go out on a limb and I'm saying Velasquez unanimous decision. I never heard of either fighter. So uh, champ retains whoever the champ is. Velasquez, you weren't paying attention. Come on, at least go to that. Oh, Velasquez, whoever is, the, is champ the champ is, my friend. Yeah, I mean, I I might watch this for Matt Mitrione. I saw he's on the card, but other than that, I I don't really care. Yes, Matt Mitrione. I believe he's fighting. Is it Tyrell Fortune? I don't even know who he's fighting. I just saw he's on it. Yeah, it's Tyrell Fortune. You sir, you were going to make a concerted effort to watch more Bellator and PFL and all that stuff this year, and it doesn't seem like you've gotten as into it as you thought you might. Uh, that's because they um. Any card that was not part of the light heavyweight Grand Prix has been trash. So I will grant you that Bellator has been almost ex- like non-memorable to the extreme this year. It's been a, st- a strange year. Like they had a chance to kind of make some waves on Showtime, and it has not been. It- it's been quite a dud. It's a dud, exactly. That's fair. I can understand that. And that's gonna do it. We'll be back again on Monday to break down all the action from this weekend. Probably more UFC, maybe something for Bellator if there's a bigger, uh, maybe an interesting decision that we can discuss. But yeah, typically it's going to be uh, just about UFC stuff, right? For sure. Thanks for uh, sticking it out with me, sir. I, I've, I've been a mess of coughing and, and blowing my nose and my back being destroyed. So thanks for gutting it out. Thanks everybody for listening and we'll catch you next week. Take care.